Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. I just got home from work. I'm still in my work clothes. So Fair enough. You do know you can go and get changed if you want, bro. Mm. No, I still got to do some uh, – I'm working on the house, oh, on my enough. house. So I work on another house, flipping houses, and then I came home and uh, I'm working on one of the back bedrooms trying to uh, get that ready. My oldest son who's on the uh, our YouTube channel, Chris, he, uh, he bought a house a month ago, moved out. So um, we are tearing that room apart. <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't blame you to be honest. Turn into a little man cave, I guess, or a secondary one. Hell yeah! So this is this is kind of like my man cave now that I turned it into. This used to be my daughter's uh, bedroom mm-hmm. when she was a teenager, and then uh, when my oldest daughter went in the air force, uh, then she moved into her room, and I took this room over as an office. So put guns Lovely. on the walls, put fucking. The uh, well, once I started doing these live streams and podcasts, I started uh, putting up those sound deafening foam pads or whatever on the walls. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then I hung all my shit up here. My wife would come in here when I first started doing this room. She's like, she'd come in here and move stuff around. I'm like, uh, this is off limits to you. Just stay out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> hell yeah. But yeah, it's um. I like the uh the bottom right hand side that join the the tri faction. That's pretty cool. Thanks. Man. I like a like similar to it, but just has black bin. It's like a little small thing. So yeah. So that you talking about the uh the red sign there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got the well, we made that pillow, uh, from one of the first things we did, and then that one, the guy that made this flag up here. Mm-hmm. actually made that for me and sent that to me. So I bought the flag off of him, uh, Hateful Hank. If you look up Hateful Hank on uh, Instagram, he does, uh, <clears throat> you know, he does woodworking. So he was selling those and he was a viewer of our channel. And so early on, I was like, hey, how much for one of those? So he made that for us. It was like, I don't know, 150 bucks or something, maybe 200. Well, he sent, he made that on his own and sent that to us as a gift. So it turns all different colors, blue, green, whatever, white. And uh, so I've always had it in the background. It looks cool. It is pretty cool. See, all, all I've got at the moment in time is my my logo at the back. Hell yeah. Um, I've got like LEDs all around my desk, going up the wall. Um, yeah. I've still currently got one of these I need to finish off going around. Yeah. Um, and then I've got like a little, something similar to yours, a little small one about that big, says Blackbeard on it. Nice. Um, and that's about it, really. But I'm looking to get, obviously, what you've got on your uh, wall there, you know, the soundproofing board. So I'm going to try and get that on this side because yeah. my bedroom's on the opposite side. Um, so obviously, just a bit more quieter then. And then um, right. I'm thinking of getting my MP7 and my sidearm, like, posted up on the wall between them. Um, kind of show off a little bit from this direction for when I'm live streaming on Twitch. So Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, now is that the one hanging on the wall? Is that a poster or a flag? Like uh, that- it's like a poster at the moment mm-hmm. in time. I actually got it for as a present, so um, nice. as a birthday present. Yeah, it was quite a nice little surprise, to be honest. Um, so I got that, but then 
I'm currently speaking uh, to a company that actually makes custom flags, and I'm actually like gonna try and get one on the wall. And then what I'm gonna do is replace this one, place this on my side, because um, I'm gonna get a extra camera. So I've got this one, and then I'm gonna have one like just a little bit more higher up, so people can see down from a, like a bird's eye view, see the gotcha. whole like setup. So it's gonna look pretty cool. Okay. So that's gonna get you like can a... switch between them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when my, uh, I'm gonna get a um, is it the Elgato Stream Deck? something like that and you can just change between each oh. scene so i'm gonna grab one of them they're like 80 quid which is probably like 110 bucks i guess okay so it'd be That's like cool. nice and sweet yeah i can change like the lighting and everything um like this little remote so sometimes yeah. when i'm like when i'm uh i would say i play a game called squad it's like a military simulated game yep. and I've sometimes like if you've seen it it's a brilliant game yeah. so i live stream that and then, well, i'm gonna yeah. tell you what happened real quick the uh so i never really heard of the game until mm -hmm. I saw your Instagram or oh, your really? uh, your YouTube. Mm -hmm. I think you have some videos on there, right? Yep, that's correct. And then uh, I was working. We were doing – this is like a month ago. We were doing some work at another guy's house that we had done work with before like months ago. I said to him uh, – he had a nice PC setup. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you uh, – you know, what do you game? He said, squad. And I was like, no shit. The only other person I've ever, you know, seen or, you know, heard of that game – was you and I was telling him about mm -hmm. it. So uh, anyway, but go ahead. But yeah, so it's like a military simulated game. You can do like mill sims and stuff like that on it, and like um, reenactments and stuff. Mm. Uh, and on my YouTube, I actually have done a cinematic uh, in-game like movie kind of thing. It's like an eight-minute clip. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so when I'm live streaming, I'll play like um, Fortunate Son or something like that, whilst we're in the helicopter being deployed. Oh, and shit. Um, yeah, so like my light like changes sometimes. Um, and then sometimes, like, when um, I have a, a, a specific song that I play, and what I'll do is, is, like, as I'm, like, charging or, like, breaching a room, I'll press, like, a little button, and it starts, like, flashing and stuff, and I'll just, oh, like, shit. running, going crazy and stuff. But, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, just try and make it a bit more immersive and a bit more, like, entertaining for, like, you know, for people who are stepping by the stream or... Yeah. Yeah. So it's just different content compared to everybody else. It's cool, man. I watched one of your stream. I think it was, I think I was watching your stream. I watched it through Twitch mm -hmm. and I couldn't remember if I had just watched a previous one that was already recorded. I'm not sure. Uh, or if you were playing one night, this is like two or three weeks ago. Uh, you were playing with one of your, you know, a group of your friends or whatever. And you guys were, you know, obviously had played together before because you were yep. calling out, you know, where to go, what to do and mm -hmm. shit like that. Well, um, I've actually found this new game uh, called Ready or Not. So it's a um, obviously another like Milsim type of game, but it's a SWAT game. So it's an American SWAT game, and it's so realistic. It's immersive. Um, so I can, obviously I kind of stream that near enough every night after work, or obviously on my day off today I've been live streaming the majority of the day. Um, and yeah, it's such a brilliant game because you're consistently giving um like communication between you and your teammates you've all got obviously like cover the six as well as obviously all different type of arcs and stuff so yeah um and they're actually doing a brand new update um at like mid through this month um and they're changing like those of like um the ai kind of movement where they can fake their own death to pretend to be dead but then get back up and like shoot you oh, and stuff shit. um they can resist arrest and yeah oh so, damn okay. yeah it's pretty cool yeah so um but yeah, I've been trying to like look for stuff like regarding that as well as like um, I've always wanted to do a Milsim uh, for airsoft, but I just don't have the equipment for it to be honest with you. But getting gotcha. there eventually would be a good idea because yeah. um, 
that immersiveness is just if, if that's a word immersiveness <laughs> i don't really know but oh well um but I'm yeah that's one just, to ask i'll tell you <laughs> yeah it's all right i'll ask google later it, it sounds good oh yeah it's a it's brilliant it's um it brings quite a lot of people together to be honest um so does like squad uh, just like yeah. the, the like, just like the airsoft community really like if you knew people just welcome you like so so nice and hmm. like collectively i guess yeah um that's cool yeah, that's what you kind of need to be honest We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net and check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Now, did you play uh, like uh, Arma 3 or any of the Arma games before? Like, okay, yeah. you, you were into the like Milsim kind of video games before Squad? Yeah, yeah. So um, a couple of years ago, when I first got my PC, um, well, obviously not this one, a previous one, but um, I was in a Milsim. I was in um, the 70, uh, 75th Rangers. Um, and obviously, I ended up being a, like a detachment. So I was a, a Chinook pilot for them. So I was always on comms. I had like my uh, stick and my pedals and stuff. Oh, shit. I spent quite, yeah, I spent quite a lot of money on it. Um, and then obviously, I ended up having a, a baby, so I sold everything and Oh. Now, now I just got my stuff back now. So, and I'm turning this into a little man cave. So it's like, yeah, you stay out. As soon as that door closes, don't come in. <laughs> That's it, buddy. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, uh, having kids will uh, will put a stop to quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you just gotta like until they get wait. a little bit older. Yeah, exactly. You probably like what waited like 18 years, like you know, wait for your daughter to move out, and then boom, there you go, man cave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Straight away. But yeah, it's um obviously I've I've got the the privilege of actually having a spare room, so you know you may as well make yeah. the most of it. Um, until obviously something else happens, such as having another child or anything like that. So right. I think I get all my time in right now, play all my video games, and then yeah, if anything oh, yeah. happens, then, yeah. Well, uh, so going back to that poster, did you make up? Did you come up with that logo? I mean the uh, uh, the design. Yeah, yeah. So um. When I was in the army and stuff like that, obviously I kind of got like a, a, a picture of me um, in my own uniform. Um, I just said to him, I just sent him the picture. Just said, can you have it like with some night vision goggles, um, with just a helmet, probably like some sort of like camouflage on. Gave him the MTP camo. Just said to him, if you could make something similar to that. Um, the designer, obviously, he said, obviously, he'll try his best to replicate the MTP camouflage. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, to be honest with you, he did a, a brilliant job. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, obviously my beard's not as as big as I wanted it to be, so I was like, "Can you make it a bit bigger?" So, but yeah, the reason why I got the name Blackbeard was because obviously I got a black beard for one. I used to play a lot of Rainbow Six Siege, so. Oh okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's a good game too. Yeah. I remember so, when, uh, what was it? The um, terrorist hunt with uh, Rainbow Six. Yeah. Wasn't that? Uh, yeah. Vegas. Yeah. I think it was Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Vegas came out and uh, we would do Terrorist Hunt, I was like, holy shit, one shot, you're down, bro. It was way different than, because, you know, we were coming out of playing, like, Halo and 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was a PC gamer at the time playing Halo and uh, Counter-Strike. Now, Counter-Strike was pretty, you know, close to that, you know, more close than, I guess, than like Call of Duty and, and Halo. And uh, what was the other one? Quake and Unreal Tournament. Oh, dear. So you got a good memory because I literally don't remember half of them things. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the fun shit, you know? Yeah. I remember what I spent the most money on because back then we had to upgrade our computers to Mm. uh, keep up with the new game. So we're always buying Ram and uh, usually just Ram. Like we would try to hold out to buy a new um, PCU, you know, or I mean a CPU. So Mm -hmm. it was, uh, yeah, Ram. And RAM was yeah. expensive back then. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, I actually got a pretty good deal because I went on the Cyber Power PCs and I was looking mm-hmm. at some of their deals during Easter. And I was like um, figuring out what I need, what I'm going to be doing basically with the PC, such as streaming, content creating, editing, all sorts. So I need a good CPU, good graphics card for gaming and obviously recording-wise. Um, and everything else is just there. So I kind of got a good deal with mine. Um spent about... 1800 i guess and i got like a um yeah an msi um an msi rtx 3070 ti i think it was or a super um and i got that actually like really good price um i got a a ryzen 9 um and then obviously i got an an aus um i forgot what else it was but it was it was something powerful anyway it was like an extra hundred and odd quid so i was like yeah if that's the price of it i'll just throw that on there so but yeah um it's worth it yeah i was gonna get it liquid cooled but i thought nah that's just no nah, it's all right yeah. i'll just stick to just two rgb lights and i'll be fine so yeah one of my nieces uh she has what she built her own her and her husband built their own mm-hmm. well not built their own they they picked you know like somewhere like that i can't remember where they got it through but uh they had it put together and they got liquid cooled Mm-hmm. and all the neon lights and all that kind of shit running through it and it looks cool as hell but yeah, uh yeah. their their machines are fucking badass you know top of the line yeah mine um... is uh is not mine is a uh, mine was 700 bucks it has uh let's see i have 32 gigs of ram a uh uh nvidia geforce 1050 i think um I think that's where my bottleneck is, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, when I'm editing, is mm-hmm. that graphics card. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, obviously, the majority of the time, you can just use more of your CPU than anything else. So as long as you've got a, a good CPU and then your graphics card obviously comes into play as well, obviously for yeah. gaming and then to rendering stuff as well. But obviously, it all comes down to your CPU and your RAM. Um, looking if I've got 128, so... Oh, nice. um, yeah, I added an extra like two on the top. I was like, yeah, I'll just add them too. <laughs> and then, um, but yeah, like I don't, I'm not all one for lights because I knew I was going to light my whole room up because my idea at the beginning when I first started like doing my room was, do you know the cloud effects that you see on like TikTok and stuff and that the lights like glow up and stuff and it looks like a cloud? Yeah. I was going to do that, but then I was looking at the price of the stuff and I was just like, I really don't want to put glue on my ceiling just to show oh. what an effect. So, um, gotcha. I was like, you know what? I'll just cover my desk in lights. Everything else is sound. So right. But yeah, I usually just keep my my green light on. So it's just obviously my whole theme's green. So like everything, my logo is green. Uh, yeah. My overlay and stuff on my Twitch is like green. So I thought you may as well just keep it all green. So sometimes I'll close my right. curtains, turn them all on, and then it's almost like I'm in, in night vision twenty four seven. So always in game mode, I guess. Nice. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. So I, you're, uh, you said you were in the army and I, I saw that on your, mm-hmm. um, on your Instagram profile, yep. you know, army vet. And you, I think you had the, uh, the detachment or unit you were with. Yeah. Yeah. On there so, as well. Yeah. So yeah. How so, did you get in the army? Like what made you go in the army? Uh, and then how did you end up with that group or what group is it? Um, so, oh God, I was about 14 years of age. Um, and my uncle joined the, um, the Fusiliers, which is basically like a Queens regiment. It's like one of the Royal like Queens regiments. Um, it's, if you ever notice him, it's basically the one with the, with the, the, with the little white tip. Well, there's the white little feather with the red tip. That's the Fusiliers. And I was only like 14 at the time. And when he was in, obviously seeing all the stuff and then we found out about my granddad, um, through my uncle that he was actually a world war two pilot, um, in a Lancaster bomber. So, um, that was kind of like, yo, this is historic. Maybe I want to follow their steps. So I ended up like enlisting when I was 16, um, didn't get, nice. uh, put into junior entry. So, uh, when, as soon as I turned 17 in five months, I got accepted into adult entry, did my, uh, my training. Um, and I literally passed my phase one, my phase two training. And then once I completed my whole six weeks, um, got transferred to battalion and I was based in, uh, it's like the outskirts of Blackpool. Uh, it's known as Wheaton Barracks, um, but they're no longer there now. Apparently, they've been transferred to Peerbright, and the, my regiment that I'm actually in, one of the battalion, sorry, no longer exists. It's been transferred over to a, a new unit known as the Rangers, um, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and it's like, because I used to be in 2nd Battalion, um, and I was A Company, but now there's no 2nd Battalion. It's been disbanded and rebranded as 3rd uh, Battalion. Um, so now we have an attachment as re- reserves to the unit now, which is, it's mind blowing thinking about it now. Cause if I was still in, we'd have our battalion plus fourth battalion, which is the reserves, which would be attached to us. So it's oh, okay. pretty, mind blowing. but yeah, I, um, only did like four years. It wasn't too much, um, yeah. two tours and that was about it. I was just like, yeah, I want to get out now. Um, and then as I was thinking about, it, I actually got injured. Um, during a training exercise and that was my ticket out then i thought you know what i'll just Uh, i've done my time you know i've done my tour i'll just i'll just dip i'll just go home now um but when as soon as i came home i was like oh i wish i stayed in now because transferring yourself from military life to cv life especially in the uk is completely different because you're not supported whatsoever like in the states obviously you guys absolutely adore your military over here they don't give a crap really yeah yeah honestly they just don't care um oh, that's wild yeah. yeah it honestly is so i was thinking to myself i was better off it back in there and then obviously because i was discharged with honors um due to my medicals um yeah. obviously I had to wait an extra four years to join then my four Jeez. years my four years happened and then um i was like i looked down at my belly and i was like i can't even see my feet now so there's no point even <laughs> trying to attempt to join back so you have to do a like, lot of work to get back <laughs> oh yeah it's a lot of food, I guess. A lot of food, a lot of drinking. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, well, when you come out of that lifestyle, man, you're, uh, you know, because military life is pretty intense, mm-hmm. depending on what unit you're with, and uh, you know, you're you're constantly on the go and exercising or whatever, you know, consistently, weekly, and then uh, and sometimes daily, and then you're still drinking a lot while you're in, but then when you get out, like you keep all the other habits. And, you know, drinking all that shit. And then, uh, <laughs> we kind of, usually most guys, 
like, uh, I'll work out here and there, you know, <laughs> becomes yeah. space farther and farther apart. Yeah. So, um, I kept saying to myself, you know what, like I keep looking at my belly and I'm thinking, yeah, I need to lose some weight. I really do need to lose some weight because I was starting to look at myself thinking just such a letdown when I was thinking to myself, nah, I earned this belly. Like the amount of money I've spent to make this body happen. Like, <laughs> I'm, this is like masculinity at its finest. So, you know, um, but yeah, over time I just gained to love my, my belly, I guess. So yeah. I don't, don't, I don't mind like doing a couple of, um, sprints now and again on the VR, but that's about it. I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing anything like physical IRL. So I hear you. Over than airsoft, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. a similar kind of experience with, uh, going in the military. My dad was in the Navy. Uh, his dad was in the army and then, you know, World War II and then, mm. uh, all my dad's buddies would come over when I was a little kid would come over to play cards. They always played poker and pinochle and shit like that. And then, uh, I remember seeing them with like their Marine Corps tattoos, those old, you know, just faded green ones on their forearms. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, man, that's cool. And I hear their stories. I'm like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And <laughs> I was like 12 years old. I was, I was, that's all I cared about was being a Marine did that for four years. And I, you know, I had a similar experience, you know, I, I got out and well, during the time, like right when we were, <clears throat> when my enlistment was reenlistment was coming up, my wife and I had just got married. We had been married like a year and a couple months. And the officer was like, yeah, you're, um, you're probably going to go to Okinawa again when you re up. Uh, that was my first duty station when I got in. And, uh, he's like, you know, we're sending a lot of people over there right now. There's a big thing. This is 1993. And, yeah. uh, so I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I'm good. You know? So end up getting out. I had a great time. You know, it was, uh, I'm glad I did my four. I'm glad I got out, but probably about five years after I got out, I was like, I wish I would have stayed in. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I had the exact same feeling. So I understand where you're coming from. Because like yeah. when you when you think to yourself, oh, you know, I can't bother with this every day. Like regardless of how um, rewarding the job is, um, it sometimes you just think to yourself, I could do with a break. And then when the opportunity comes up, you're thinking, yeah, I'll take it. And then the next thing you like, was that the best decision? Mm. But then obviously when you look around yourself and thinking of what you've got, like such as like, like children, a wife, a home, stuff like that. You think to yourself, well, I've done my, my time. Um, this is what I've got. Do you know what I mean? My life's set now. I'm happy where I am. I'm glad I made that decision yeah. to leave. So um, sometimes, obviously, like mentally, you can, it can kick you down. But when you sure. obviously look around yourself, you realize why you've done it. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was, uh, I think, you know, obviously that's a common thing is, you know, mm -hmm. feeling like missing that kind of camaraderie and teamwork and uh having this kind of uh structure and kind of intense uh lifestyle um mm -hmm. you know and then you know I, I was busy really busy with uh we started having kids right away and it you know that's a big chunk of it's a new adventure you know big chunk of time and money so just working a lot overtime and things like that to pay for, you know, diapers and fucking baby food. <laughs> mm. But, uh, you know, then it, after about five years, once I got kind of settled into that routine, that's when I really started missing the, uh, man, I, I don't, I don't like 
just working, <clears throat> coming home, you know, with the kids. Not that I didn't like being with my family, but I was missing that, that uh, you know, iron sharpens iron kind of, you know, yeah. being yeah, around yeah. the guys and <clears throat> having uh, having that kind of camaraderie and shit. Yeah, honestly, it's very understandable because um, even though sometimes, like, when obviously like even when you're in your barracks and stuff like that and you're just you're just relaxing and you're just ironing your uniform or you're cleaning your rifle and stuff like that even then like the downtime um sometimes can get to you like oh i miss home but then mm -hmm. you think around obviously like i said just a minute ago when you look around yourself and you see your boys or you see your family and stuff and you're thinking like this is the reason why i'm here so um it just keeps you going and sometimes like um we ended up um so basically what went during uh basic um obviously the second part of it we kind of lost morale because people are like oh this is kind of hard work and this and that um phase two is a lot harder than phase one mm. um it's more mentally challenging and stuff like that so um during then i was um like a it's not like a it's like a two ic kind of thing um for like the training like platoon um it's like a second in charge so okay. obviously yeah you know, like uh, i don't know if you guys have it but so you have like your platoon commander um mm. And then obviously you got your section commanders, so you have like your corporals and stuff like that. Um, so our section commander was um, always looking for number, like obviously number two, um, so like mm. a two IC, so second in charge, um, yeah. just to keep the the boys' morales up and stuff. And obviously it was my thirty days to be the two IC. So the the mattresses that we had was like these. Um, I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys have them in the states, but it's like a like a blue leather sheeted, um, not like a leather, it's like a rubbery kind of material like bed sheet cover and you put it on your on your on your mattress um and it was so slippery like with the wet floor we threw like uh water like soapy water all over the floor and we got the mattresses and we just like sprinted as fast as we could and jump on the the mattresses <laughs> and just slid down yeah yeah slip and slide hell yeah yeah it was uh, something to keep the boys morales up so it was really really good and then there was a time where um jones ended up like running and like literally jumping on the mattress and then as you got right down to the bottom um the platoon commander walked in the captain walked in and he's like what are you boys doing and i was like stood there obviously i took the brunt of it all um but obviously, so it's just morale purposes and then he was like right no worries then and then we all just went back to our rooms and just relaxed and chilled but we, before that we got beasted so we had to do like 75 push-ups but yeah um it was known as the as the snake push so and where you basically put like your um so you're in a position like in a line like a column and then the, the person in front of you puts their feet on your shoulders and you gotta like push up all oh, your weight whilst right. pushing up it was horrible it's absolutely yeah it's, it's <laughs> the worst experience ever we had to do like 75 push-ups but it was like when he told us to go down so like we was holding position up for ages and then we'll come down so but yeah the obviously the slip and slide thing i guess was That's um awesome. the morale booster yeah so yeah, we had a good morale booster in uh, in boot camp. I came down here in South Carolina to uh, Paris Island, mm -hmm. and uh, for Marine Corps boot camp. <clears throat> and one day, we're uh, one of the sergeants walks in, drill instructors sees uh, when we get we all get online. You know, get online now. So we all line up, and <clears throat> one of the guys had forgot to lock his Footlocker. Oh, so nice. just like the scene in fo uh, Full Metal Jacket. So he walks down, he sees that we're all standing, you know, next to our footlocker, whatever lined up. He sees that he kicks it and, uh, he didn't have anything that he wasn't supposed to in there, but, uh, 
we got fucking beasted for that as well. So mm. we had to, uh, and then he found something that, you know, somebody's rack wasn't made right. So he throws, he had us throw all of the mattresses <clears throat> in the middle of the squad bay. Okay. Every single mattress. We had, it was like a hundred guys on our, uh, boot camp platoon. Every mattress in the middle, make a mountain, make a mountain. That's what he said. So, uh, he throws all that in there. Then he's, he's even, he's getting more pissed as we're doing, you know, cause we're not moving fast enough. So, uh, he runs us outside in the squad bay we were in, uh, right around on the back was this giant sand pit. He's like, get in the sand pit, you know, get in the pit. So we go out there, we line up and we're in formation in the pit and we had taken our blouse, you know, our, our shirts off our blouses. And then we had our t-shirts on, uh, like you're, you know, what you're wearing the green t-shirt and our cami bottoms and our boots. He's like, get on your knees. So we, we kneel down in the sand. He's like, make it rain. So we're going, and this is like 80, 90 degrees out in South Carolina. So we're scooping handfuls of sand and throwing it up over our head like this, and he, you know, just make it rain, make it rain. Dude, we had sand in our pee hole in between our toes oh, and our butt cracks. I mean, everywhere in your ears, like everywhere you could think there was fucking rain. We did that for like 10 minutes. And we're sweating, you know, we're running back and forth. Then we're doing push-ups in the sand. Then run back in the squad bay with fucking sand all over us. Figure out, sort out, find your mattress, put it on your rack, you know, make your rack. There's sand all in your fucking... We slept in sand that night because it's, you know, it's just getting in your sheets. <laughs> so, And then we had to uh, clean the squad bay floor and get all the uh, sand off the floor. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Yeah, we um, had a, like, a similar experience like that. Um, so we was on a, a tactical exercise. And on the tack exercise, we came back and it was, um, yeah, it was quite brutal because the majority of us ended up being covered in mud, um, like head to toe, um, obviously cam cream all over your face, your helmet, everything. And to save us the time from hand-washing our uniform, we all got in the shower together. It sounds really weird, but obviously we're separated. We did too. Yeah. But we all got in and we were like getting like these, um, like our um, buffers for our boots to polish them with. We were just getting our old used ones and just scrubbing each other's yeah. like uniform. Like, so we were basically keeping our uniform on and we were just scrubbing it head to toe. And you should see like, it was like oh, yeah. thickness of mud in the shower. And then after we sorted that out, we then had to come back into the shower block and clean the whole shower block before the, obviously the, <laughs> the, the morning inspection. But yeah, right. it was, it was awful. We had something similar to line out, yeah. For real. Well, when we were in boot camp, we did, uh, when they would line us up for showers, mm -hmm. uh, we'd strip down in the squad bay. I mean, butt ass naked. And <clears throat> we, I guess, you know, I went in 89. So I was in boot camp from, uh, October to January, 89 to 90. And, uh, I don't know if they still do it now, but we were completely naked in file, like, you know, belly button to butt, you know, asshole oh to belly God. button kind of like lined up and that's how we took a shower we walked through the whole shower room and you're just kind of going like this like you didn't stop and actually take a shower the whole time in boot camp it was line up walk through and had all the different shower heads you know and they turn them all on and then we would just walk through and just kind of rinse off as we went <laughs> through there oh, and, yeah. Uh, oh yeah so well um when when I was uh, when I first turned up to do my phase one, um, obviously during uh, boot camp, I guess you could say, um, they had a uh, section commander or a corporal bullet naked in the shower, and we had to watch him have a shower. It was like this is how you do it, this is how you do this, and then yeah. 
obviously we used to do it the way he done it. So when we got in the shower, the oh, it was most weirdest thing ever because you got a, a fully grown man watching you have a shower. Right. And then we, when we went on our first tactical exercises, we uh, one of our things was obviously hygiene. So we had to make sure our socks was changed, powdery yep. feet, this and that. And then we had to completely get sh- stripped butt naked in the middle of the woodland during a, te- a tactical exercise. Bearing in mind, you could be engaged at any time. Um, <laughs> so we're literally sat there like bullet naked. You like, can shoot while you're naked, else. okay? Oh, yeah, trust me. Like, yeah, <laughs> we, we actually had that. Like, I think it was like two of the lads ended up having it, but they had the, the boxes on. And they're laying all this like mud and stuff, and it was just hilarious. But um, yeah, we've had some funny times, like on on an exercise where um, I was on stag, so obviously you take like rotational times to obviously hold a position. And you just keep your eyes on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the lads who I was with was falling asleep, and I said to him, "I'll you fall asleep for forty five minutes, and then we'll take we'll just do rotationals." You went right, okay. And then obviously we have one uh, IR. Uh, IR you know, you know, your night vision. So we had one of them and I was just sat there and I was just chilling. I heard a crack and obviously I thought it was, you know, obviously contact and I've just looked and it was actually one of the boys from uh two platoon having a piss in a bush. And I was just like, what the fuck you do? Blah, blah. And this and that. And then the next thing he walks over to us and then we started getting contacted. Like, obviously oh, like, yeah, yeah. And so I just dragged him down. I was just like engaged. It was really funny though, because I thought it was a contact and I was about to shout it. Um, saying obviously platoon stand by and that, and then the next thing, um, obviously it was it was two platoon having a piss in the corner. I was like, well, that's where that saying comes from. Uh, Don't get caught with your dick in your hand. Oh yes, definitely. That's (laughs) he nearly did. If he did, if he would have stayed where he was, he would have been obviously engaged and obviously eliminated at the time. But yeah, it was a really funny exercise that one. Obviously, it was one of our first exercises, so it was it was um, a learning curve for the majority of the lads. That's cool. Yeah, my uh, my worst, I think the worst night we had in boot camp, besides the make it rain thing, that actually turned out to be kind of fun, to be honest, you know, like, just the chaos of it, you know, like, just run here, fucking sand everywhere, and uh, whatever, all this, you know, but uh, we were there, we were in boot camp through all the holidays, so Halloween, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, <clears throat> so I graduated uh, January 5th of 90. Well, uh, Thanksgiving, we go, we have one drill instructor. We usually have four. Okay. That's run around fucking yelling and just chaos. Well, we had one. So we go to, he marches over, marches us over to the uh, chow hall for dinner. All right. We go to the chow hall. He's not yelling at all. And we're like, what the fuck? Something's weird. You know, we go in there. He's totally quiet. We line up, we get in, you know, go through the chow line, sit down the whole time, every single day in boot camp, you don't get a, a second to eat. You sit down as soon as your ass hits the thing, like you're shoveling. We used a, uh, we used a spoon the whole time. Cause you don't have time to cut anything. You're just shoveling this shit in. Cause you get about three bites and they're like, get out, get out. And, um, yeah, we're just dumping trays in the fucking trap. Well, anyway, totally quiet. We eat this whole fucking thing, mashed potatoes, turkey. Like this is Thanksgiving night. We're like, something's weird. We get back to the child or we get back to the squad bay, you know, get online. We get online. So in boot camp, what we do, we carry uh, kind of like uh, light gear. So we, we don't carry our rifles. Um, we, uh, we don't get those until the second month of boot camp when we go to the rifle range and then we carry them the rest of the time. 
Well, we are uh, in, we have our war belt on and then yep. an H harness. So, and we have two canteens and then two mag pouches, shit like that. Well, the canteens are one liter each and they have to be full all the time. All right. So we get back to, from the chow hall. We line up. So he's like, get on line, <clears throat> uh, canteen out. So we're, you know, we're standing at attention, canteen, remove canteen, you know, canteen out. So you pull it out and you're holding it like this and then, uh, uncap, unscrew it, drink. And when they give you an order, whether it's push up, they don't say, give me 20 push ups." When I was in, they just say, push, get on your face, you know, push. Yeah, yeah. So you just keep doing push ups until they say stop. So whenever they give an order, you just keep doing it until they say stop. So, uh, now drink. So we start drinking and we're drinking. Now, mind you, this is the most food we've had in, let's see, a month and a half. Okay. So the biggest meal, because we were able to finish the whole thing totally quiet. It was weird as fuck. So now we understand now when he's making us drink, we, we had to drink both fucking canteens. Probably 80 of us out of a hundred did not make it through both canteens. Like we, we, we threw up, imagine 80 guys throwing up their meal all over the fucking squad bay. And then we spent the rest of the night until rack time cleaning the floor of everyone's puke. <laughs> so, Bloody hell. It was fucking, I, you know, I'm not going to say that it's like waterboarding, but it's a weird, it's a very uncomfortable feeling when you're so full and you keep drinking liquid that till you throw up, yeah, yeah. it was, uh, that, that was not fun. Yeah, it does not sound. I'm so glad I'm actually I didn't join over there. I've always wanted to be like, obviously, in like the industry of movies and stuff like that. Like America is obviously prioritized and everything. And growing up, obviously, all I watched was like Saving Private Ryan, Enemies mm -hmm. at the Gate, stuff like that. I was always thinking to myself, like, I kind of want to join. Like the American yeah. character, kind of like jump on a ship and just disappear to America and join. <laughs> and then. When uh, I kind of look at some of the YouTube videos where the drill sergeants are doing certain like activities, I'm thinking, yeah, it's way easier over here. Um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine experiencing something like that because um, if someone's shouting at me, I either smile or laugh. Um, so I couldn't take it serious. And then, knowing me, I'd probably get beasted 24-7. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you were stronger yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. I'd be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what yeah. kind of work did you do uh, while you were in? Um, so I was infantry. It wasn't too much. Um, so my battalion was a light mechanized. So we usually just had like some small like jeeps, um, you know, normal like little quad bikes. That was about it, really. That's all we ever had. Um, and then sometimes we did like little training exercises. Um, it was also attached to the Royal Lancers, which is um, the British Army's uh, surveillance. It's like an advanced oh, cool. surveillance regiment. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, so it's, yeah, it was pretty good to be honest with you. Um, but I was going to try and get a transfer when I was in to it, obviously people probably like in the comments section now would be like, Oh, we should be doing this. But, um, I was going to get a transfer to the Royal Air Force Infantry, which is known mm -hmm. as the RAF uh, regiment or gunner yeah. regiment. So basically you, instead of being normal infantry, you would just protect a base like an air airfield or anything like that. Um, but the thing is, there's, there's certain um, squadrons that you get attached to, and they actually work with special forces, um, obviously QRF teams, stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that because you more than likely have the opportunity to work with special forces. Um, right. But in, in the army, you never really got that opportunity. It was either the Royal Marines you'd work with um, or like the Queen's Guards, Scots Guards, 
uh, Royal Anglian Regiment, stuff like that. So, um, but a lot of people will just say, oh, the RAF Regiment does defend um, the NAFI, which is a British terminology in military terms of a shop, like a store. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, they're just, you know, protecting scoff, which is food, um, like the canteen, right. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was just like, just bullying i guess like obviously like when you say like in america like the marines eat crayons and then the air force like for i forgot the air force one is now that i usually hear on call of duty but um chair force yeah yeah, the chair (laughs) yeah stuff like that so obviously we have that kind of like um you know the comedy side of it like that as well so well i talked to a guy uh you said the royal air force um Mm -hmm. one of the guys i did a podcast with uh rt airsoft or airsoft rt he's Mm -hmm. uh he is he's in the Royal Air Force. In fact, he actually did the podcast from his barracks room. You could hear the jets going by. Oh, yeah. Or you know, taking off or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when when we first started the podcast, he was like, you know, apologizing, like, oh sorry, it's kinda loud, but he kept muting his mic. You know, he had like a gaming headset like you got. And uh he um he would mute his mic. I'm like, no, leave it on, dude. It sounds cool in the background, you know? Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, he was in the uh in in that. He said their main issue or weapon, whatever their regular issue weapon was, the I think it was the L eighty six, LT eighty six, something like that. Yeah, so the L eighty five A three. Is that what you guys used? Yeah, yeah. It's basically just known as the SA eighty rifle. Okay. Um, SA eighty rifle. Yeah. So obviously, we used to have a SUSA sight. Um, I actually believe it or not, it's been that many years. I can't even remember. Um, what the suicide used to be because we used to have a, a thing where we used to say it um, oh what was it now it was it was something anyways but uh, it's just like the GPMG it's like this is a GPMG it's a machine gun but oh god it's god my god my gun oh, I forgot what it was it's years ago man since I've said it um, <laughs> but yeah we used to have like nicknames for certain like weapons and stuff um, but yeah we had like the suicide site which was absolutely horrible it was like a like a uh, what's that thing in the States called now? It's like a, a long thing that has that little peak at the top in DC, I think it is. What's that place called now? What are you talking about? Oh, the Capitol? Yeah, the Capitol. Remember that massive, that massive like stone thing, that massive signature stone oh, thing? Oh, the monument? Like, yeah, that's the, the memorial, one. Or, yeah, 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 the monument up there? Yeah, I forgot what it was called. But yeah, so basically like the Susat site literally looks like that. Like this uh, really straight and it's just peaked at the top. Yeah. It's absolutely horrible. Um, <laughs> you could not see anything out of it. Um, and majority of the time, it's actually hard to uh, put a, a good group in on mm. um, your firing range because obviously the sight was just so terrible. Huh. So, yeah. yeah, he said uh, when he mentioned the, uh, the weapon, he was like, they're horrible. We mm-hmm. hate them. We all hate them. He goes, I don't know how this became to be like, you know, mass issue for us, but they suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess they're a bullpup style, right? Uh, yeah, they're a bullpup. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, they are pretty decent. Don't get me wrong. Um, the only thing that's bad about it is when you're doing like breaching clears, um, is when you're trying to approach from the left hand side because obviously it's a right hand side rifle only. Um, so sometimes you have to switch um, arms, but then you have the the really good, well, I'll probably say 100 percent chance of a round shell hitting you in the face. Um, Oh yeah, or basically just a cocking handle the majority of the time, just hitting you in yeah. the face. So we, and then, yeah, none of us really liked it. A lot of us used to just lean over, um, 
And we used to get like a, a whack in the back of the head. Don't be leaning. You're like, well, <laughs> you're like, okay, no worries. You're going to take that brass in the face, bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Oh yeah, I remember the GPMG now. He's like, I am the general. This is a machine gun. I'm going to use it with fucking purpose. That was it. The GPMG. There you go. There you go. I knew it come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that now. Bloody hell. Hell yeah. It's a nostalgia. Bloody hell. Right. Yeah. Brings back some good memories, that. Well, we had uh, we had a few sayings that um, I was talking with somebody else recently. Uh, a guy here in the States that plays a lot of CQ, uh, speed QB and... Mm-hmm. He was in the Marines, just got out not long ago, and was talking about, I said something about, oh, you, you know, something didn't go right or something happened, whatever, and I was like, oh, you got fucked by the green weenie. So we would always say, you know, you got fucked by the green weenie, the green weenie being the government and the military, whatever, and then we had a saying, uh, FTS, fuck the suck, and the suck was, you know, the military or whatever, Mm -hmm. but uh, (laughs) so if something didn't go your way, which, you know, was really common. Like if you wanted to do something in the military or you put in for something uh, and it's, nope, you're doing this, you know, that was like, oh yeah, you got the green weenie, you know, that's it. Yeah. You're not doing that. You're going to be doing this. That's yeah. right. Typical. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, they had, I was in Okinawa and we had to do a month rotation. Uh, each platoon had to do a month month rotation on these special like side duties, like uh, maintenance um cook you know so you'd work in the chow hall and shit like that and i was like i'm not i'm not fucking taking that if they give me the chow hall i'm not taking that shit so i was supposed to go maintenance we so this girl this wm woman marine she was supposed to go her and her you know some of um part of her platoon was supposed to go to the cook or the chow hall so she said she was sick couldn't go and so he calls on me i'm like no I'm going to maintenance. So he's like, no, nope, you report to uh, chow hall tomorrow. But I was determined not to go. So that morning, uh, you know, get up early for formation. Uh, I took a knife out and cut my hand. So I just sliced, you know, part of my hand right here. Uh, I knew I'd get stitches, no big deal. Um, I didn't cut anything major, right? Just like the meaty part of your palm. But with a hand, with an open hand wound, you can't work in the chow hall. So I go down there and I'm holding this, I go down to formation, I'm holding this uh, paper towel in my hand and uh, Sergeant Davis, you know, comes around and he's like, Scalf, you need to report to uh, Chow Hall. I was like, oh, I think I need to go to medical. And I showed him. Now for a Marine, especially a Sergeant in the Marine Corps, I'm thinking there's no way he's like, you know, a weak stomach. But I showed him this when I opened my hand up, this thing spread wide open and it's fucking, you know. You could see inside and it was blood everywhere. He he almost threw up and he's like, <clears throat> get your ass to medical right now. So anyway, I got out of chow hall. So oh, yeah. what's yeah. so what's so bad about it though, being at chow hall? Uh you can't drink every night. So we went um, oh, yeah. yeah, so you go the chow hall, uh when you do that month, you're working uh I think you have to be at the chow hall at three thirty in the morning. because um, you have to have everything prepped for uh anyone that's going on training so when we like most of the time i was in uh okinawa i volunteered for a ton of shit i you know when i went in the military most people would say this common thing like never volunteer for anything you know you'll get fucked well 
I was like, bro, that sounds boring as shit. Like, I, I don't want to, because you can't choose your MOS. You can't, you know, well, at least back then, you know, you could write something on paper when you sign up, but you're, they're like, nah, we'll, we'll just put you where we need you. So sometimes you're not going to end up where, you know, or your duty station or whatever. So uh, I'm like, man, I'm going to volunteer for everything. I'm volunteer for the color guard. I volunteer for this thing called a uh, chaser school where uh, I rode along with uh, prisoners from the brig. Uh, military prisoners. Uh, I would ride in the back with them. I had a baton and, you know, handcuffs and learn all this, you know, police stuff, whatever, for uh, using the baton and handcuffing and subduing, whatever, you know, chasing. So you would have to chase them down if they start running. So uh, I did that. I did all kind of shit. And um, I never wanted to sit around. But the, uh, so the, the chow hall thing was, um, three in the morning or three thirty in the morning. And, you know, cause a lot of this training stuff that we did, we would have to be in formation at like five thirty. So they, uh, so you have to have everything prepped in the chow hall and then you don't get out until like nine o'clock at night. So, and they had rotating shifts. Uh, I was like, bro, that's a death sentence over here, man. I want to go out and have, you know, a good time. Mm -hmm. We go training all day. I don't mind getting up early, running, doing all the training shit, whatever. The physical fitness stuff and then uh but you know five five thirty in the evening we're hitting the fucking streets like we're hitting the bar so we go back change and we go off base go out in town in japan and uh and we want to go find some chicks so <laughs> i'm not going to be stuck in a chow hall for 30 days but i think really it was the fact that it was this uh you know what i wasn't supposed to be doing that i was already slated for something else and this uh this wm that was in our platoon who was a fucking crybaby anyway she got out of it i was like no hell no i'm not taking your spot <laughs> yeah no thanks honestly that sounds like nah i would rather not right. i'd rather be doing like a thousand push-ups than be doing for that for real honestly no hell thanks. yeah but that, that baton one that chasing that sounds pretty cool to be honest yeah it was cool mm. nothing ever happened i went on uh i don't know 15, 20 runs. So they would pick them up in a white van, you know, military white van, no windows, right? <clears throat> We're sitting in the back. They have those little tiny bench seats in the back mm -hmm. and uh, a cage, you know, just like a police vehicle and a uh, cage in the back. And then there's uh, there's two windows out the back, steel cage over that. And then, um, so there was me and another guy that were chasers and then the prisoner. And so, and he's handcuffed but uh, he didn't have leg shackles on. So we would, you know, escort them because they would go, these were like minimum security guys, you know, like maybe ready to maybe almost serve their time or something, but they could be let out to go take care of like uh, banking and whatever, dentists. I don't even know what else they did, to be honest, like legal shit or whatever. So we would just drive around the base and then, you know, me and another guy would ride in the back and then escort them into and out of these buildings and make sure they didn't run oh so, yeah yeah was he actually still serving those individuals or so they he... well they're on their way out so they're waiting either they are had already been court-martialed mm -hmm. uh and they're serving their time before they get kicked out or they're uh waiting for court dates to be you know decided if they're going to be court-martialed so oh, yeah. dishonorable discharge you know whatever so uh, so, you know, one of the guys like 
that most of the people that rode that we did uh, runs with, they were, you know, minor, minor shit. Somebody did like check fraud. This is, you know, 1990. Okay. So people were still writing checks. So uh, you could write bad checks, you know, and if you did so many or a certain amount of money or whatever, it was a, fe you know, consider a federal crime, uh, shit like that. And then, you know, theft from like a PX from the, military base store or whatever, or they got drunk out in town, uh, you know, beat up somebody, you know, shit like that and yeah. got caught. I mean, most of the fights we got into on base, nobody gave a fuck. Uh, as long as you scatter before the MPs get there, yeah. nobody cares, you know? So, uh, but if you got in a fight out in town and got caught, you're fucked, you know? So shit yeah. like that. Completely different matter than I guess. Yeah, over here, it's, um, I wouldn't say ne we've never really had that kind of experience. We've had it before where, um, I can't really say this on stream. Um, so an individual was doing something that was very, very illegal. Um, yeah. And obviously it was to a point of, it was an individual who was in our platoon who was engaged um, to marry a 15-year-old girl. Um, and he was 34. Or I think he was a 35. Um, so it was really, really bad. So we found out. So we beat the shit out of him. Um, <laughs> and we did everything we possibly could to get him out. Um, and then he ended up going down to one of the MPs. Um, so also, as you're leaving base, um, you can actually, like, you have to go to a gatehouse. Go to the gatehouse, give him your military ID, they check it, where you going, this and that, blah, blah. So then obviously they stamp it and you let you go. He went down there and woke um what was it i think it was a color sergeant that he actually woke up which is pretty high up and he he um he was really pissed comes down gets us all on on uh on the line obviously like you guys would um and he would just sat there saying you should not be doing this 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 and this um should not be treating your you know fellow soldiers in this way um and then the next thing um he obviously absolutely beasted us made us all lie down on the floor um just in our underwear uh on the cold like 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 i don't know like a marble flooring so right. it was absolutely freezing um and he just got his stick like his cane because obviously after a certain like rank you get like a like a a stick i don't know i just call it a stick me and he was just yeah. whacking us on the back of our shoulder blades like, as hard <laughs> as he could like, as a beast and i was thinking this was worth it i guess <laughs> because like literally two weeks later when uh, the mps found out what was going on um they actually gained evidence on that situation um and he literally just got dishonorable discharged um and then on a civil matter um obviously arrested so yeah it was something that we uh we done i guess yeah yeah you can yeah, yeah. you can you can bleep out that small bit and then the rest you can keep it i'm not really well I'm, I'm trying to think what uh what i need to bleep out because that is like bro uh i'm in south carolina so georgia south carolina alabama mississippi bro uh people are getting married at at 15 like it's 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 not even like a thing i'm not yeah. kidding bro, <laughs> i'm not I, kidding over here it's a or oh, it's such a bad thing if anybody gets caught with anything like that honestly just oh no um, it's yeah it's real it's common bro down here like hell? yeah there's oh, a, a bunch of friends of ours that you know they're our age now i'm 51 
but uh, they're our age now. But they were when uh, when you know one of the lady friends my wife has, she was 15 when she had her first kid, and then got married like a year later. Uh, oh yeah, this is this is like this ain't even a big deal. Like it's not even a big deal. Like you know now the 35 year old with 15 year old, yeah, uh, that yeah. still happens. That still happens. But mm-hmm. uh, you know. I'm going to tell you what's common is like a 21, 22, 23 year old guy with a 15 year old. And then they get consent from the parents. And obviously the girl wants to be with, you know, but, uh, but they get consent and she'll get married at 15, 16. Like it's, it's way more common than people think in the South here. Like it's <laughs> now it was kind of foreign to me when, uh, uh, when I first moved here from another state that was up North, uh, it didn't happen as much, but down here, like that's oh, yeah. like all of our friends with drinking buddies and stuff. They're like, Oh yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was 15, had my first kid, you know? And like, that's crazy. When they're 30, they're, their kids, you know, 15 already. Like, holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously I've got a colleague at work who's, who had um, a child at the age of 16, but, um, obviously, you know, the father's obviously of the similar age. Um, well, obviously he was a year older, but, the age when we found out that he was basically obviously his age being 35 or 34, whatever it was with that kind of age, we was just like, yeah, it's not going to yeah. go down an apple to that. Cause obviously right. he, if anybody else found out out of our platoon or another battalion found out or something like that, I'm thinking, well, you've got this kind of person representing your regiment. Like you can't, right. you know what I mean, so we were just fought. Yeah. But sure. we was only, we was only like 18 at the time. Um, so I think well, we dude, when you're 18, I remember being, when I was in, that was 18, 19. When, uh, when I met somebody that was like 30, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, you're old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking they were old as hell. I'm like, I'm not even going to make it to 30. That's so old. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's just, um, it's just crazy when you think about things, um, yeah. especially when you think about your age, like, but it was my right. birthday the other day and I'm just thinking Happy like, Happy birthday, bro. Oh, cheers, bro. It's all right, but yeah, I um, I was just thinking like, where's where's the the past twelve months gone? Mm-hmm. I literally blinked and boom, birthday. Yeah. I was like, Twitch okay. streams and fucking uh, you know, yeah. airsoft games. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I've only just got recently back um from Greece. Um, nice. So yeah, it was it was really nice. Good weather. Um, you went good on experience. like a holiday vacation or something. Yeah, like a vacation, just pretty nice, really chilled. Um, and I came back and then. Obviously, I run a team um, called Northwest Reapers, and the boys keep saying to me, like, Lee, like, obviously, real name's Lee, but people are like, oh, Lee, when you're coming out of retirement, like, when we get another airsoft session in, and I'm just like, I, well, I don't know, I don't know, I think I'll just stay in retirement for another week or two, and then I'll come back. But yeah, they keep asking, um, obviously, yeah, yeah. what's going on and stuff, because um, obviously, now that I've got my new PC and stuff, I can actually edit way more better than my previous episodes on my YouTube. So I'm actually going to sit here and take my time, do real good edits um, and try and get into a very professional standard. Um, and then, yeah, just, just go from there, really, because it would be a dream uh, come true if I could actually do it as a full-time job, if not right. as a part-time job, do you know what I mean? Like on the side. And, sure. Um, yeah, it'd be good. Obviously, it's everyone, every airsofter's dream, though, really, isn't it? So, of course. Um, it's just trying to get yourself there, really, I guess. Well, I think just people in general, uh, mm-hmm. if they find something they really enjoy, um, you know, and that, I guess that's, you know, we've heard those cliche sayings over the years, you know, like, just find what you love to do and just 
figure out how to make money from it, you know, like just follow your dreams, you know, and I know this sounds weird, but uh, it, it kind of is that simple. Like you just have to keep focused on it. The problem is I think we, uh, we get distracted so easily with what we actually need to do, right. To, to survive or, you know, so I have to do this amount of work this many days a week to get this paycheck to do this. Uh, and it's hard to <clears throat> kind of negotiate this obstacle of, uh, of life where all these other things trying to fit in. So you want to do this Twitch thing. You want to do like, you know, I want to do this or, uh, whatever. And then I've got 20 other things going on between my wife and kids and grandkids now and travel and holidays and fucking birthday parties. And, you know, it's like, I have this plan for something. And then, uh, Oh no, remember we're doing this. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's 500 uh-huh. bucks, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Balance. It is, it's, yeah. It's balance. Yeah, exactly. It's hard mm-hmm. to obviously try and, um, balance things, I guess, and trying to like calculate when you have time for certain things. Um, so it's like, obviously today, um, I was literally live streaming and I thought to myself, it's my, my only day off and back in work tomorrow. I'll stream as much as I possibly can, get some time in with the boys online. Um, and obviously then I'll go off around about, about around about 10 o'clock. Um, and then probably to chill and watch some Netflix. And then I was like, Oh wait, it's Wednesday. I have that thing with trifect. Oh yeah. I sound then. And then, um, <laughs> you actually literally messaged me like 45 minutes to an hour later. And I was like, yeah. no way. Like it's actually happening today. And then I, I heard you. Like, I, I heard you. <laughs> yeah. Your, your ears was like tingling, wasn't there? I bet it was. Right. But yeah, the, um, yeah, but trying to balance, like just coming back to that, like trying to balance everything is, is kind of hard because um, you try and build something on a, on a certain scale, such as like my Twitch. Um, I've only been doing, well, I made my account like two years ago, but for the past like uh, six weeks, I've been live streaming like consistently um, for a good like three to four hours each time. And I've gone from 200 followers to 2.9K. Um, I average, yeah, I average um, around 45 to 100 viewers per stream. Um, and it's incredible. And like, believe it or not, today I actually had um, somebody called uh, Jay King. He's actually from California. Um, he found my uh, Nuketown episode on YouTube. And um, I put a post up there saying, like, obviously, I, I live stream on Twitch, but I'll buy it. He's gone into my descriptions, found my Twitch, and came into my stream today. And he was like, Oh, what's up, Blackbeard? I found your YouTube channel and I realized you were on Twitch and you're live streaming right now. So, hi, dude, from California. I was like, oh, shit. Someone from the opposite side of the world has actually found me. Um, Pretty cool. And he was like, yeah, I love your airsoft stuff. And believe it or not, he actually has some of the games I played with, I played on, sorry, such as Squad and stuff. So, he actually joined the Discord and we played together and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's crazy because people can find you on one platform come to a different platform and actually engage with you um but i've come to realize like the majority of the algorithm for youtube is as long as you upload twice a week um at the same time um and then you consistently change your title um like every like four to five days change your title um to something of like a um what was it now like uh like a like a, like a clickbait that's what they call them a clickbait but the clickbait is actually real. So say, for example, like, oh, um, Gold Desert Eagle, uh, Airsoft, whatever, right? Um, 100, 100 kills in, like, 60 seconds or something like that. And then in the next 60 seconds, something happens, you just run around and go, beep, 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 beep. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, find the algorithm, and then I realize TikTok has an algorithm as well. 
and yeah. I upload my gameplay, some airsoft clips, and the majority of the time I'm getting like a thousand views per one, like per like clip that I'm uploading. And then yeah. the TikTok and the YouTube and then coming to my Twitch and then it's just oh, three cool. platforms together. Yeah, it's in the yeah. past like six weeks I've gone from two hundred to two point nine. My YouTube's on one point four. Um and my yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and my TikTok's on, I think it's like 300 followers now, so it's crazy, don't get me wrong, it's kind of hard to calculate all three platforms and keep an eye on your emails and stuff, Um, but yeah, it's. um, I'm just trying to find ways to keep myself going, keep my community obviously engaged, um, and then keep them more entertained, so I don't want to be consistent with the same content, so trying to find ways around to be different, Um, obviously... I was actually going to do like a copycat with your kind of idea, like doing podcasts with similar oh, yeah. uh, airsofters and stuff. And I was thinking um, it could potentially work, um, obviously, because you're ex-military, I'm ex-military. So it's like I could yeah. try and do like an area where all ex-military people come together who do airsoft um, or have similar um, interests, such as like gaming on Twitch or whatever, um, and talk about the reason why they're doing their thing. And then... Um, so yeah, there's there's loads of things that I was just trying to trying to do. Um and then like merchandise as well. I'm just waffling on now, but it's like merchandise stuff. Um do. But yeah, it's just trying to find different ways of um getting yourself in there, I guess. Right. Because if you if you just if you're not consistent then you're just gonna like go up the ladder and then you're just gonna fall back down again. Yeah. So the more you're consistent, um and obviously consistently change your um content. So the way you do things or you upload or edit and stuff, um, you could potentially go up the ladder. So it's like yeah. with my first ever episode, I'll send you the link. Um, if you watch the episode and then watch the, my previous one on Nuketown, you'll see a huge difference in editing. Um, the way I do my, my clips, like switches and stuff. Um, but other than that, it's you've got to be consistent, I guess, on you. Like you're right. consistent so much, man. The amount of times I get emails... They, you know, Trifecta Airsoft has uploaded a new episode. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then, like, I'll get, like, an hour into it, um, and there's, like, 15 minutes left, and I'm talking, like, oh, I've got to go and do something, but I'll stay for this 15 minutes, and then I'll just stay for the next 15 minutes, and I'll watch the whole episode. Um, but, yeah, like, the majority of the time, um, I just think to myself, like, if if people can do it, like, I'm sure I'll be able to do it myself. And, yeah, um, you gotta, you gotta just do it. Like, mm-hmm. I know, I know, you know, this, uh, this idea, like, oh, I'm gonna wait till I get motivated. And I I know you know what it's like, because especially with the military and coming down to that, that kind of uh, intense, you know, like training lifestyle, whatever, uh, where you're, you know, consistently like expected to stay on time and do this and do this. Uh, you, you know, from that kind of experience that, Motivation kind of comes later. Like you got to take action first. Like you got to bust through this wall of, I don't feel like doing it. Well, no shit. Nobody does, you know, like, uh, you got to get off your ass and go do it and, and do it consistently for a little bit. And then you'll start getting motivated to keep doing it. Um, so this, uh, when I started these podcasts, obviously they were kind of random when I first started them. And then, uh, so probably in the last two months, it is, I started having enough, enough scheduled to where I could do them uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So that's a very recent thing. I wasn't uh, able to do that in the beginning. It was one time here and then like a month later, another one and then whatever. But 
then I'm like, you know what? Because when I first said in my head, you know that that thought you have in your head, like, oh, I'm going to do this, whatever it is, wh whether it's your Twitch stream, like, I'm going to set a schedule and I'm going to do this. Uh, it, sometimes it can be intimidating in your own mind. Like, oh, I don't know if I can keep up with that uh, or whatever. So when I first thought this, like, oh, I have enough to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I go in my head, I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I ever want to say it or, you know, on a, you know, on one of these, like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Because then I'm like, what if I don't have enough? What if something happens? What, you know, all these distractions. And I'm like, you know, now I've been doing that for a couple months and I'm like, it's really not that hard. Like you, once you get in that routine of, okay, this night I'm doing this, this night I'm doing this, that schedule, uh, I'm like, oh, like, I don't, like, I don't feel overwhelmed in the beginning. I did because I was like manic trying to get <laughs> all this stuff edited or fixed or, you know, whatever, because, uh, a lot of times like you have a headset and a good mic, mm -hmm. uh, most people I do a podcast with do not. So they're doing from their phone with, without earbuds. So the speakerphone thing. So I really try to take the time to uh, fix that audio. Some of it I can't fix, but, um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll do the editing, right? Mm -hmm. I put it through an audio editor, fix it, whatever. And uh, so anyway, I thought, man, I don't know if I could do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's going to take a while. My computer's slow. I've, all these excuses in my head. But uh, yeah, you just got to do it, right? Like uh, now that you're doing the Twitch thing. But I'm glad you said said that about the, uh, you know, kind of posting or using TikTok or whatever else, you know, other platforms to kind of build on the other. Um, because uh, all I did for three years when we first started our YouTube channel was just focus on that. I didn't know. Well, I did. Uh, I focused on that and building a website right in the first like couple weeks that we uh, started the channel. Because uh, I knew that, or what I had read was, <clears throat> it's uh, the SEO, search engine optimization thing was connected. If you had a website, then you're easier found on YouTube and vice versa, whatever. So, um, but now like that I'm using Instagram, like yeah. that's how I reach out to most people on here yeah. uh, to get podcasts and stuff. Um, so anyway, but it's, uh, it's helpful to know how all that stuff kind of works together. Well, um, obviously speaking about the Instagram, um, so on the majority of your thing, I'll, I'll literally jump on your Instagram as we're talking now, but, yeah. um, on the majority of your content, obviously I see all the time it's, um, so obviously you got like a little bit of a clip or it's more like screenshots of your podcast, like the thumbnail of your YouTube channel. Um, so obviously like that's good because obviously you're making people aware that Obviously, this is the episode, this is the individual, this is obviously what their content is like, such as the, the photo that you're using for the thumbnail. And then um, I was thinking to myself, like, maybe I should, like, in, like give you a message. And I was like, maybe yeah. try Reels. Have you ever tried Reels? Uh, I did. Mm. So what I did, well, I, I did it when I, I didn't really focus on the Instagram Reels. So mm -hmm. no, not really. I didn't, I, that wasn't my focus. What I tried a few, a uh, handful of months ago was uh, somebody was telling me about this, I guess this is last year. Uh, somebody was telling me about YouTube shorts and how they were becoming, yep. you know, big or whatever. So then I started making some, <clears throat> putting them on there. And then I would put those on there and then I would just transfer it to my phone, you know, just hook it up, whatever, put it on my phone and then put it on Instagram as well. Uh, but I were at the time I wasn't focused on Instagram. So I didn't, I didn't know. I never looked at the reels like on that 
part of it. Uh, I was just focused on the YouTube thing. So yeah. I haven't really taken time to, to do that, but reels get a lot of views or more a hits or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've come to realize uh, the, the algorithm, the way Instagram or reels or TikToks work, if it's anything more than seven seconds on a reel, uh, it doesn't get as, as popular as what a seven second reels would do. So for an idea on your perspective is if you took a pit of your, um, obviously podcast where you guys are having a, a good laugh, like laughing about something for like yeah. seven seconds, and then like a, whatever else within the conversation to get a bit of context of it. Um, it like helps people think, Oh, well, what are they laughing about? And then obviously they'll, they'll be more engaged with like, Oh, I want to find out more and stuff like that. So it's like, um, like clickbaiting, like I was mentioning earlier on, yeah. it's like changing your titles or giving people to look at something like really good. And you're thinking, Oh, I want to know what's happening next or what happened before that for them to get to that stage. So that's why I started doing TikToks, um, like getting okay. little clips and such as obviously my Instagram when it loaded those those clips of me flying the helicopter and I was like flying over the, the lads and resupplying them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, people obviously want to know like what's going on, how they got to that stage, wonder what happens next, stuff like that. And um, obviously like you've, like when I mentioned earlier on about the, the gentleman from uh, California who found me through YouTube, mm -hmm. but then got obviously me through Twitch and now we played like we played together on squad. So, um, it's just crazy because the majority of the time on my reels, when I first uploaded a reel, um, I've actually got the clip still on my YouTube channel. It's me. Um, cause my torch broke, um, and I couldn't turn my torch off and I'm trying to peek this corner and this, and obviously this player was shooting at me. And as I've gone round, I've slipped on this, like this slush or mud or whatever it was on, on the floor. I've gone nice. flying back and I've got like <laughs> 5,000 views on it and like yeah. over a hundred likes. So, Obviously, it was only like a like a, an eight or nine second clip, and it, it already blew up to like nearly five thousand views. That's awesome. Um, okay. Yeah, so I kind of figured it out. I was like, oh, okay. Well, if you could do the exact same thing on Instagram, yeah. Because um, I uploaded a little clip like similar to that on Instagram as a reel, um, I ended up getting like I think it was three hundred likes on the um, the video. So yeah, that's it's, um, yeah. So if just try it out, you never know. You might like end up expanding. I, I... I want to because the last uh, probably in the last month I've talked with people about how uh, you know go start an Instagram you can get you know a thousand followers in a month right because everyone there's so many easy ways to like tag people uh, tag the you know a word you know just some people can you can follow just the hashtag airsoft or whatever so there's so many easy ways to like get people to see even if it's just for a second what your you know yeah. what your page is about youtube doesn't have that right so like it's uh it's very slow uh it's like this giant machine that you just have to you know get this momentum going and keep doing consistent whatever and then finally oh i got 300 followers you know or subs and then i got you know uh, so it's, uh, and then, and then you'll have a video that, that kind of gets a lot of views and then you get a lot of subs from it. Yep. And then you, you know, people usually don't go back in and unsubscribe to a channel. They just don't watch your shit anymore. Right. Yeah. So exactly. it's like, you'll, you'll have X amount of subs and 50 views or two views on a fucking mm -hmm. video. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh Yeah. yeah. 
they're not active on your, like, they don't like your shit anymore, you know, it's, mm-hmm. or they don't watch your stuff anymore. Like it's no big deal, but it's, uh, I think it's a little deceiving. Whereas Instagram, when people follow you, obviously not a thousand people will see every, you know, all your stuff, but, uh, you can tag people in a big majority and then it kind of just branches out from there. So we started a TikTok a uh, month ago. I was talking to Spooky Airsoft. So uh, she was like, oh, you should, because she spends a lot of, you know, does a lot of her Airsoft stuff on TikTok as well. And um, and I was like, ah, I don't know. I guess I'll try to learn it, you know. I'm, I've never used it, like the interface, like using it, whatever. I've never scrolled through it. So I finally started one just uh, like a month ago, TikTok. I don't think I put one thing on there. I've followed like three people. <laughs> just, so I, I'm kind of like figuring out, you know, we're talking about schedule and being motivated and strength, you know, staying consistent. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what, what do I put on there? Fuck, I don't know. Shit. I'm not doing those little dance things that they show on there. You know, everyone does on there. It's like, that's, I feel like that's all that's on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could imagine you do one of those little TikTok dances. It'd be um, be a sight to see, I would guess. But um, but yeah. there's a, an app that I use on my phone, and I think I've got it here. It is known as Splice, so S P L I C E, um, and literally it's so easy and simple. It's like a um, editing software for your phone, and what? you just add a new project. You put whatever clip you want to put up on. Um, and then as soon as you get that, it gives you the opportunity then to choose whatever you like. So I don't know if I'll be able to, to show you real quick. Um, but see at the bottom side, it says like different type of um, templates. So you've got like your TikTok, your YouTube Reel, oh, and stuff shit. like that. So literally, if I just chose a TikTok, do create. So um, this one right here, uh, that's got the colorful... Um, yeah, yeah, the top. Yeah, that's the one. The top, um, okay. You choose your media. Um, and then obviously you're at the bottom, it has all different types of, um, editing stuff when it also comes with, Shit. um, with like templates, overlays, already automatic sounds. So you have everything in it. it's like action, ambient cars, cartoons, obviously everything you could possibly think of. Um, and you can literally edit it and then you just export it. Once it's exported, it's, it's in that, that frame rate. So that four by six, I think it is, um, of a TikTok like ratio and then yeah. You just upload it to, to TikTok and it's automatically there. That's how I do it because, like you said earlier on, the interface on the TikTok app is completely mind-blowing. And mm. it's mad how these kids these days know how to use something like that. Because, yeah, like, growing up, like, their age, it was like the PS2, the PS1 and stuff like that. Right. And then the first laptops and stuff like that. So it's like, we should know more about it. But then they're just absolutely, I don't know, Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Honestly, and I'm just thinking they're like this. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. You know, 30 seconds later, they got a fucking you know 30 second video that's like I'm like, what the f-? with all these effects yeah. and shit, you know? Exactly. So well, yeah, I use, I use Splice. Um, okay. So usually, if I have something, I'll just throw it into a Google Drive, go onto my phone, go onto my Google Drive, download it to my my device, and then jump on Splice and do it from there. Um, that's if I'm on the go. Um, but the majority of the time, I just use a a free to edit thing on here called um shortcut which is really easy really simple to use I think I've heard um, of it, 
yeah, it's it's really good. I prefer that one to be honest. It's really simple. So I just jump on there and edit it that. But if I'm doing it mobily, I'll just do it on my phone. Such as like small clip that. from from yeah. GoPro and stuff like that. So yeah, um, I'm gonna have it, to I'm gonna have to use that and you know try it out. Yeah, it, honestly, it, you never know. Like by next week, you might have a hundred thousand followers. So <laughs> yeah, you play. It's all down to to Blackbeard. But well, the first one I have to do is one of those crazy dances. Okay, get everyone's attention, and then yeah. be like, oh no, this is just a you know airsoft channel. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's obviously I've tried it and it's obviously helped me out quite a bit because on on Twitch obviously I went from two hundred to two point nine k in like That's six weeks. Crazy, so bro. it's yeah. um yeah, and on TikTok obviously everybody's on TikTok. So if you get one viral video, there's thousands, yeah. if not hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, so all you need to know is what kind of content people are in and what kind of content is not being touched. So like a like an area of content, do you know what I mean? Such yeah. as your your podcasts, I've never seen podcasts on on TikTok. Um, so obviously, if you ended up doing them like a live podcast um, on TikTok, that'd be pretty cool. So you um, go live on TikTok as well? Yeah, you could do it through like the PC, oh, okay. like for your OBS. I think it is. If you're using OBS, um, yeah, you could do it from any kind of streaming or um, okay. broadcasting software. Yeah, huh. um, so you out. can literally do that, and then. I think it gives you the opportunity to obviously on your podcast, you have it by side by side. Right. Um, I think on the TikTok you can actually do it where it's, it's like parallel to one another. Well, um, yeah. in a column. Yeah. 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 Whatever. yeah. 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 So you can have it in that kind of, um, aspect really. Then you'd be sound. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously okay. TikTok is, it's weird because I've seen there's videos on TikTok where there's a guy sleeping and he's like, he's got like 4,000 viewers. I'm thinking there's 4,000 people in the world watching a guy fall asleep. So, I'm sure they're going to be able to watch something else. Do you know what I mean? Bro, so. speaking of that, when I when I first uh, found out about Twitch, this mm-hmm. is, I don't even know, six, seven years ago. Like, remember when they were integrating it to uh, Xbox Live, where mm-hmm. you could, you know, it was built in or, you know, it was like linked and all that shit, yep. or they were pushing it. So it was, uh, so I'm scrolling through, it was a new thing, so I'm scrolling through there through my Xbox and I'm just looking at channels, you know? So I'm scrolling through and I'm like, there's a literally a girl sleeping in her bed. She's uh, you know, cameras like up here, like bird's eye view. It's not like she's in a bikini or nothing. Okay. Or lingerie. Mm-hmm. There's just like shorts on and a t-shirt and her thing run at the top, whatever is like, uh, you know, if I get X amount of tips, then I'll sleep for longer. Okay. <laughs> And there's, dude, I swear to God, there's, I'm seeing like $50 tips, $100 tips. I'm going, what, what am I doing? (laughs) I'm working in a factory. This is when, you know, before I got sick and I was paralyzed, I'm working in a factory fucking 70 hours a week trying to make overtime, you know, for, and there's somebody sleeping, making, I need to figure this shit out. And, uh, and then as soon as I shut the Xbox off, I forgot about it because I was working a lot and I never would have started the YouTube channel or got on any social media shit. Uh, if I wouldn't have got sick, to be honest, like it was, that's what led to that because, uh, I was just always hands on, you know, working on shit. But, um, anyway, so, (laughs) yeah. So you're actually breaking your back to earn some money and then there's a, there's a girl crazy falling asleep yeah it's um the, the world's gone mad it honestly has isn't it 
yeah, it's just I think the Kim Kardashians have started this. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this this crazy stuff. But yeah, no, um, real. But yeah, it's just it's just trying to find the area where the the content is. How do I say it? Um, where it's needed. So such as like for example, yeah. I I bought an LMG uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, actually, yeah, about a couple of months ago. Actually, I bought an LMG. It was um, a, a CM16 Stealth. Um, it was a GNG. It was really good. Um, yeah. It held like three thousand rounds. Uh, Twelve points. I think that's was eleven point four volted battery. It was really good. Shot some decent stuff. Um, and um, I thought to myself, there's literally no content on YouTube, regardless other than one YouTuber that does LMG airsoft content. And I was thinking, there's a loophole. If I can get myself in that kind of area where it's like, oh, there's only these two guys who do LMG content for Airsoft, then you could potentially build your mm. your community up through that kind of content. So I tried it, um, but being an LMG gunner sometimes was just so draining because you're running around consistently with all your kit on, extra light. If you say, for example, your HPA as well, you've got your, your gas bottle on your back and all your, your BBs and stuff. Um, so I tried it, and that was the episode that I've got. Um, that I'll, obviously I'll link it to you. And um, yeah, I had um one of my friends, but one of my team members, I had uh, Tom Willow on it. And as I'm firing my LMG, he's filling my gun up at the same time as oh, I'm shit. just holding. For, yeah, he just had the cap open, was just pouring BBs, and I was just <laughs> holding the trigger. And, and about 15 seconds later, my battery died. I was just thinking, oh, I, think we, I think we overdone it. So I had to like fall back, uh, hid in this tree line, change my battery, and then we just carried on going. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. But if you find loopholes where it's a bit of like a shadowing in that kind of content area, yeah. then you might actually shine in that area, which will then bring you a community. So right. that's where um, I bought an LMG. But a friend of mine uh, just started Airsoft, and I said, well, I don't want my LMG anymore. Do you want to buy it? So he bought my LMG. Um and now I just stuck to the MP7 because not a lot of people actually own the MP7. Right. Um, so a lot of people, when I first started Airsoft, that was the first thing, uh, before I even done it, it was, um, I just searched up um, Airsoft MP7 gameplay and there'd be like a couple of episodes. That was about it. But yeah, so I just got an MP7. So I think I'll just stick to that kind of content because right. not a lot of people obviously own one. So it's an area that you could put, obviously, like I just said, potentially shining really. Um did you play airsoft before you went to the military? No, I didn't even. Oh, I did okay. nothing. Uh, probably cops and robbers as a kid, but right. that was that was about it, really. Um, but I think I always had it kind of drilled into me, like as a kid, because I was always passionate about like the police force, um, and then obviously being in the military and stuff like that. And I was consistently um, like reminded, like when I was obviously when I started going into the teenage years that the family was military and stuff. And then that's when we found out off my uncle that my granddad was a pilot for a Lancaster bomber in World War II. Yeah. And then I was like, holy shit, like, this is insane. And also my uncle was serving at the time. I was thinking, yeah, let's just do this now. Like, I had to consistently just, I was running every day. I joined every single sports activity at school. Yeah. Um, I did everything I possibly could to get myself to that standard. And um, I could have been a paratrooper. Um, so I could have been, yeah in the paras but i when i thought about it, i youtubed it a little bit i shouldn't have but i youtubed it before i i made my decision when i got accepted yeah and i um i realized some of the beastings and the running that they consistently done and i was just thinking that is 
no thanks i'd rather take something up yeah Yeah, that's too much for me and then um but yeah it was um but obviously in the in the british army the paris haven't jumped since like since um i think it was the the gulf war um the falklands that was the last time they ever jumped um they do it during training and stuff like that but in obviously military aspects and stuff like that like obviously in a conflict they've never done it like even yeah. when they went to Afghan and Iraq, they never parachuted in. It was always right. just deployed by ground, and then that was about it, really. Yeah. So I was just thought, what's the join? What's the point of joining something that you're just gonna get absolutely beasted and wept on all the time when they don't even do what they're actually designed to be doing? So thought, yeah, I'll just join the infantry. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just drive a quad to the front line. So, but yeah. So after you got out of the military, is uh, what what like? How did you get back into, or how did you get into airsoft? Um, I don't. I kind of. Um, I'll probably say you know names Nico. He's obviously everyone knows names Nico. He's a yeah. big airsoft YouTuber over here, and then um, right. I watched his his viral video where it was obviously one ex military soldier versus I think it was like fifty people, like fifty players. Yeah. Um, he was in like this small little like complex and he was by himself and he was covering both angles, both corridors by himself. And I thought that looks absolutely brilliant considering the training that we've had, the consistency of it being drilled into how to clear a room and stuff. And I thought that would be absolutely awesome just to kick some little yeah. city's ass, I guess. And then um, <laughs> it only t- I only recently started doing it um, about six months ago, seven months ago, but I've always yeah. wanted to do it. Um but I did paintball in a couple of times, but that was, it's not the same. And then um, I came into into a finance a finance financial stability where I thought I've got some spare money. I'll purchase you know the stuff for it. Start the hobby. Yeah. If I don't like it, I can always sell it. Um, so I started off small. I got a little GNG M4. It was a two tone. It was all blue. It looked absolutely disgusting. <laughs> um, so I had that for about two weeks. Um, and after a couple of games, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go now. I'm going to go full at it. Um, well, you guys have to get the, uh, don't you have to have a blue or a partially blue weapon until you get you, uh, your, yeah. is it, what is it called? Yukara license? Yeah, Yukara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's a, it's a UK um, association retailing something or whatever it's called. I don't really care. It's known as a Yukara, but um, <laughs> the, uh, they make you do three games within three months um so to make sure you actually are a player and not just somebody who's trying to get a obviously retail license to purchase replica weapons um so you have to get one um in order to get all blacked out weapons um but there's a i shouldn't say this but for all the people in the comment section there's um websites called like pre-fired and stuff like that so you can actually purchase um replicas without a, a license um so yeah, it's it's actually pretty good on there because you can actually get like an MP7 um, on there, like a gas blowback for half the price of what you would oh, pay retail. Yeah, yeah, nice. it's brilliant. Um, and some of them are like Tokyo Marue um, and Euromax. Pronounce it as is it Euromax? Euromax, whatever they're called. Yeah, um, I, so. I can never pronounce the word for that uh, for that company, but yeah, it's um, like pre-fired, and I think it's like airsoft pre-used or something like that. Huh. And um, but yeah, it's just like people like 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 obviously us two who are selling old you know airsoft yeah. gear and they're no longer yeah, we need have it uh, one called Hop Up. Do you guys have mm. you ever seen that? Nope. It's called Hop Up. It's a nope. uh, so that's kind of like a what you're talking about. So it's mm-hmm. uh kind of like the 
Craigslist <laughs> of Airsoft, so or eBay of Airsoft. Yeah, yeah. So just people, you know, random like individuals selling uh, their Airsoft stuff to, mm-hmm. you know, but it's specifically Airsoft gear. Uh, so like an eBay or whatever for Airsoft stuff. Yeah. They'll post on there, you know, sell their shit on there. Yeah, it's um when obviously I kinda of, when I when I had my first game, um everyone everyone was like, You've got a two ton weapon, like how are you, you know, so good at airsoft already? I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, I'm just a noob, I've this is my first time. I didn't tell them nothing I like military or anything <laughs> like that. They was just like, You're really good at airsoft, like the way you position it, your movement. Yeah, yeah. There's like this kid plays way too much like Call of Duty and I was thinking, No, <laughs> no, no. You're a prodigy. Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then um there was like these these young lads like in the twenties, nineteen years of age, something like that. And um that's when I first went to Newtown level two airsoft. Um and I was clearing the rooms out by myself. And then I asked for a two, I was like, two, two, and then the next thing like um Kizza, one of my team members, come right behind me, touched me on the shoulder and we pushed in. Because what I've done is, is I've taught the majority of my obviously team members how to breach, where to push, where to move, what angles to hold. Um so when we came over and I asked for a two, he comes up, he's like, two, taps me on the shoulder, we push through. Um, and as soon as we push through, they, like we finished the, the round or whatever. So we would go back, we bomb our mags back up and we have like a, a snicker or a little drink of water or something like that. And these geezers come over to us and they was just like, you're ex-military, you? I was like, no. <laughs> he was like, you can tell, you can tell. I was just like, okay, cheers. And then obviously they like started shaking my hand, like, oh, what would you do and this and that? And I was, so I told them, explained everything. And it was like, all right, okay. Then we went into the next game, and it was um, like a search and destroy. So in in level two, they have like this, like a stick, like a bomb stick, and you got to find the bomb stick. Then you got to find the detonated, like like boom, like boom box thing, and you got to put the stick in to activate. Oh, then you yeah. got to push down, and it, it like a siren goes around the whole site. It's oh, really shit. cool. It's really immersive, and um, cool. like it's so loud. Like if you don't have um, obviously like sound cancelling, like headphones, it's so yeah. eerie and. Um, these guys, next thing, obviously, I'm holding the bus, and I turned to my right hand side, and these two guys have come up to me, and I went to shoot them, because obviously, they was on the enemy team, and they went, no, 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 but blue, but blue, and I went, what have you done? You went, we changed team, we wanted to be on your team, and I was like, oh, for God's sake. So, yeah, <laughs> Holy the, uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, so the, the, uh, they begged the marshals to put them on my team, and then, um, oh, shit. yeah, it was really funny, because, like, some people can tell, and some people just thinking, oh, you played too much airsoft, but, um, yeah, it was a brilliant experience, and ever since then, it was originally started off um, with me and my friend Brad, who I know obviously outside of airsoft and everything else. Okay. Um, and I said to him, "Just want to try airsoft, just for, just for a laugh." He went, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do it." And then the two of us ended up coming together and thinking, "Should we just make a team for like just our you know general area?" So I was like, "Yeah, we'll make a team if you want." So we started looking for players and stuff. And then the team went from just me and my mate Brad to twenty-seven of us. And um yeah, some of us do Milsom's massive like three day events. Yeah. Um we've all got like our own call signs and stuff like so it'd be like November Whiskey One, which is myself, and then November Whiskey Two so on and so forth. Um but yeah, we're we're looking at doing a massive um event in August soon, so that's gonna be really good footage. And um That's yeah, cool, man. Oof. I can't wait, believe it or not, but my legs, are, my legs are like, no, we haven't been training for this. We haven't been training for this. Well, I was going to so. say when you, uh, you said you, you got done with that, uh, running the LMG, mm-hmm. like the next day, your legs are like, fuck you, bitch. Don't carry that shit again. Oh yes. Honestly. Um, 
I, I even said to my partner, I was just like, I was like, babe, can you just give us a, just rub my legs for us? She was just like, oh, stop being a bitch. Like, I was like, I'm so sore. <laughs> You're I was like, like what? <laughs> if only you see what I pulled off yesterday. Right. <laughs> I'm like, but in, um, in that, obviously the episode with the LMG, um, you can hear me like, cause I was running that much. You could hear me wheezing after a while. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this is not for me, this anymore. I'm not running anymore. So, um, but over time, obviously, cause I've gone from leaving the military to not doing any exercise whatsoever, mm-hmm. just working consistently as uh, security. And then obviously I started working for Royal Mail. So work for the mail and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then I did no exercise literally whatsoever. And then I went from that to doing airsoft. So over time, my fitness has now come back up. I've still got the podge belly. Don't get me sure. wrong. But yeah. my, my stamina has gone back to the way it used to be. So, um, right. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good. good it's a good sport, especially, uh, for, you know, your mental health as well. Um, Dude, you, I can't tell you how many people I've talked with mm-hmm. that have said that same thing. And yeah. you know, that was mine as well. Like I found with, with doing these YouTube channels when I was laid up, I, uh, I, I did like three, like three of them before I started the airsoft one. Mm-hmm. And once I started the airsoft one, it was like the community just comments and followers and people like shouting out to other, you know, channels. And I was like, Holy shit, man. Like this is like, I'm making a, some friends here. Like this is fucking cool. Cause mm-hmm. I was in a dark place, you know, like fucking hating life when I was laying in bed, I couldn't get up and do shit. And, uh, so th- this was beneficial for my mental health, even though I didn't go out and play, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's a, yeah. That's, but anyway, yeah, that's your, so many people have said that. Well, it's, it's cool. like you've, you found your, I would say your founding, I would say, because obviously you do your podcast. Like, um, I don't, I don't, don't know if you play airsoft to the extent of running around like a headless chicken shooting at people, but, um, obviously you I've never played. You've never played. Wow. I've never played yeah. airsoft. Oh, you should, no. You said no, try just, it, man. So you I played should. paintball. When I first got out of the military, I played paintball from like 94 to, you know, for like six or seven years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the way this channel started was I was paralyzed. I was fine one day and then uh, had some, you know, I could, I could like my hands start going out. My legs start going, like didn't work right. I felt totally fine, felt totally healthy, didn't feel sick, didn't feel tired, no nothing, just uh, went to do my workout and uh, couldn't lift a 25-pound dumbbell, which I had done two days previous, and I would do 50 curls, okay? Uh, Couldn't do it, not once. I I thought there was a fucking, I I, I I thought it was in a dream, it felt weird as shit, Uh, couldn't do one push-up, and my workouts would be, I just worked out at home. 100 push-ups, 100 curls, and then I would jog, you know? So, uh, couldn't do one push-up. It, it was the weirdest fucking feeling ever. That was on a Sunday. Thursday, I was in a wheelchair. So, uh, it's like Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, is, you know. So, anyway, uh, that's what, and then, you know, that lasted for a year uh, or a handful of months where I couldn't get out of bed. And then I started walking really slow. I had to learn all that shit again. Then two years later, uh, it came back again. And that's when I started the uh, YouTube channel because uh, two of my sons started playing airsoft. So uh, I'm still, I'm able to get out of the house and work, but um, I can walk. 
and that's about it. I've tried jogging. I've tried to show these guys like, cause I, I still try to, you know, I'm still rehabbing myself. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, that's been the process. So, uh, I look like when I try to jog, I look like somebody that's got, you know, I've got hundred pound weights tied to my ankles. So my feet don't work right. My legs don't work right. So I'm, I'm getting there, but, uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> and I've had a lot of people that I've talked with on here, like, well, man, just get a wheelchair and go out there. You know, I've, we've seen people on the field doing that, but, uh, you know, most of the time I'm just, uh, the last couple of years with this has been, uh, a whirlwind of, I, I'm this, you know, dealing with this shit. Um, because you know, your ego takes a hit, man, when you can't do something that you're normally, and then you have to ask for help. Uh, you're like, fuck this shit, you know? So, um, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a struggle. So I'm, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm, you know, I went to my first mill mill sim a couple months ago and I just did a press. So I just took pictures and filmed whatever. But, um, but anyway, so I have not played airsoft done all the reviews, shot, you know, shot each other back here. I had them shoot me in the hand full auto with uh, 380 FPS at 20 rounds a second. Empty the mag, go. Because I didn't think, because I was a paintballer. So I'm like, airsoft does not hurt. They're plastic BBs. There's no way it hurts. They're like 40 feet away. I was like, go ahead. I just held my hand out and they shot right here on the top of my hand. <laughs> seeing that clip i think i, I recall yeah. seeing that clip um yeah. because you was like uh, you was all packed up with your cars and then it, obviously you and your buddies was like obviously on like this grass area i remember yeah yeah, yeah. dude it, i remember yeah, seeing so, that clip but yeah it's been a process you know this uh this whole the channel and then of course you know getting involved with the community um so it's it's funny when i tell people i just uh the podcast that came out this morning i was talking to uh crisis She's a speed QB player in, uh, in California. And, um, she, uh, as we're same kind of thing, we're, you know, well into our podcast and she says something about, you know, playing with, I was like, no, nah, I, you know, that's why I haven't played or whatever. And she was like, oh, even to this day. And I was like, yeah, to this day, I haven't played. She's made this face. And I was like, dude, I get that from everybody because, uh, you know, because they're always like, uh, am I on the right podcast? Am I on an airsoft podcast? What the fuck? Like you're running an airsoft podcast. You haven't played. So, uh, anyway, that's been the process of how I got to what I'm doing now. But, mm -hmm. um, anyway, I will play one day. So, well, either way, obviously there's no rush. Do you know what I mean? Like as long right. as you're fit and healthy, make sure you get there. And then as soon as you do, because believe it or not, there's a gentleman that I've seen on Instagram a few days ago. He was actually in a wheelchair and he just sat there with him and his two sons with a sniper rifle. And then when he was ready to move position, there's footage of them like moving him into position. He yeah. just sits there and he's like, I've got one, got one, got one. I'm thinking if a gentleman like that can sit in a wheelchair and take out like people running across a whole right. open field, then who else? Do you know what I mean? Like everyone can play the game. So sure. it's just trying to get them. Just you'll get there. I know for a fact you will, because I've got a funny feeling. We'll probably say within the next twelve months, you'll be like, "Here's some footage, Blackbird. There you go. There's right. some there, uh, mate." And then I'll be like, "All right, okay." And then the next thing you're getting like thousands of kills. I know for a fact you'll do it. Oh, but, um, well, listen, man. A year ago, almost exactly a year ago now, uh, I was 325 pounds, swelled up on steroids. Uh, to you know, they had me on these medications, whatever, and uh, could. I could walk from my bed to this office 
and back, you know, just walk around the house and maybe get outside for a little bit, whatever. But, um, it was, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't good. So I've lost almost a hundred pounds wow, and, uh, got off all medications. Mm-hmm. In fact, I talked to the doctor the other day. He was like, uh, so you need to come in. I'm like, nope, done, done with that. He's like, and he knows, you know, I've talked to him a few times over the last, you know, five years since I was sick. But uh, he's like, Eric, you got to come in and get, I'm not coming in there, bro. Okay. Not doing it. I'll fix myself or it just won't get fixed because I don't want any of that shit you guys want to give me. Well, the part of the medication, two of the medications he gave me is what um, kind of slowed down my progress. You know, I just had a reaction to it, whatever. But, uh, but anyway, so it's not their fault and it's not the medication's fault. I just don't, you know, I'm on a good path now, uh, yeah. and I, I know what I'm doing. So, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, it's whatever I'm doing is working. So. Yeah, exactly. As long as you wake up the next day, obviously you do something right. That's yeah, what I was thinking sure. about. But um, honestly, get yourself out there whenever you possibly can. Um, and obviously, you, just the adrenaline, the thrill that you actually experience is nothing else obviously the nostalgia to be honest with you with the majority of the stuff you do when you play an airsoft um it's i don't know kind of just reminisce sometimes like because in in my team like i'm the only military lad there um so when i'm trying to talk to the lads about certain stuff like none of them have a clue they're just looking at me like a blank face and then it's like I'll teach you how to do this then and then I'll teach them and then they're just like oh okay now I understand what you was talking about six weeks ago five weeks yeah. ago whatever um so like now you should just see the the difference in the morale with the team and how we all understand each other and because obviously like one of the the team members um obviously he's left the team now due to him obviously getting a job and stuff like that but um he was like the highest level of autism like it was oh wow yeah it was but when you wouldn't even expect him so when you when you approach him you speak to him and stuff like that you even think he's got autism um but obviously he managed to you know get himself a job regardless of his disability um so you know congrats to him and stuff like that and it's just obviously no matter what every single day was always keeping an eye on each other regardless of what was going on so um it's like with the same thing with you obviously like you know, you went through that, obviously, that, you know, that terrible experience and stuff like that. But we know later down the line, if you keep doing what you're doing now, which is your podcast and you're more mentally healthy and stuff like that, and you're right. being more happy within yourself, then I know for a fact in the next 12 months, you're going to be in a field sure. shooting somebody. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I know for a fact because the consistency that you're doing as well, I'm seeing it. Like, obviously, just just stepping back. Like, sometimes I actually search on Instagram and YouTube and see what's going on. And yeah. the fact that obviously yourself is making me go out of my own way to look what you guys are up to and see how you are getting on. It just shows you what you're doing is obviously helping people like myself. It, so it's just because um, sometimes I never really used to listen to podcasts. I think, oh, I don't want to listen to somebody waffling for like right. two. But then. When it comes to your content, I'm just thinking I could literally just sit here all day just watching them. And believe it or not, um, the previous girl you was talking about, I was actually watching her before I was actually um, doing this podcast. Yeah. And um, she, she, at the beginning, she was saying like, oh, it's not that I've run around this house like cleaning up and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, <laughs> right. I've just done the exact same thing. So I was just thinking like, you know, it's just you can just relate to certain things with people and stuff. And obviously with yourself, 
you know, we can relate sure. on, a, on a on a good level. So, um, yeah, she texted me like uh, five minutes before the the podcast and was like, "Oh, is this a video podcast again? I can't remember or whatever." You know, is this going to be on video? I was like, "Yep." She's like, "Oh shit, give me a few minutes to get decent." I was like, "That's fine, whatever." So she said that on there. She's like, I just no, I really did not just clean my room in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, what do you think I do, man? Like, that, I do the same thing. Like, if I have stuff over here, or whatever, or my, mm -hmm. you know, I'm working in here, pile shit in here. I'm like, oh shit, it's in five minutes. I'm like, yeah, throw yeah. shit on the floor and out of the camera's view, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, my camera's always been here. It's always been in this view. But like, my hair this morning was everywhere. I had bad hair and everything. So obviously, it's my day off. So I was like, I'm not doing nothing today. And I was like. Oh, it's my podcast in an hour. So I was like, I'll go and have a shower today. And I was like, right, I'll go and jump in one. Because I was going to have one. I was going to have a bath. But I thought, no, because I'll end up falling asleep or something. Relaxing. Oh, I was like, right. yeah, I'll, I'll just jump in the shower. And then um, I was like, making sure my hair was right. I was like, I look good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And then um, I was like, no, no, obviously. Oh, you look great, dude. No, you too, man. You look better than me anyway. So, but yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like... um. Obviously, I was a bit nervous, I will be honest with you, because I don't, obviously, this is, like, my anxiety goes crazy for stuff like this, but oh, then, yeah. um, as soon as we started talking about, like, past experience, like, military-wise and stuff like that, obviously, yeah. my nerves went down, and I was like, Good. he's one of the bros, so, oh, yeah. fuck, man, yeah, for sure, like, we're just, we're, you know, most people are, we're just, we're trying to figure out life, okay, like, there's no manual for all the different variables that happen, for everybody so uh we're just kind of winging it you know a lot of ways we're just winging it so uh i could never be judgmental of somebody else like whatever like we're just i don't know man you know these podcasts i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i don't know how to talk right sometimes i can't form a sentence uh i half the time i can't remember half the shit i'm trying to you know hey remember this uh director that did this movie i don't fucking know as soon as i get off here I'll remember everything and every word that I forgot while I'm on here. So I do the same, the same shit, you know, but I treat these and I, I've said this before. I treat these like, um, not, I don't really think of it as a podcast. I think of it as, Hey, uh, you're coming like in my head, like, Hey, you're, you're coming over to hang out when we have a cookout and we're going to have some beers together. And this is exactly what I would talk to you about. If I never met you in person and you came over to one of our parties, I'd be like, uh, I would ask you the same things. Obviously, I'm throwing in some airsoft questions in there because, uh, you know, the channel and stuff. But it's, uh, oh, you were in the military? What'd you do? You know, I would, I would have said exactly what I said today. Uh, if you were here in person, we were drinking together and uh, and having a cigar. Like that's that's how I treat it. Yeah, yeah. See, because obviously when we were speaking about it earlier, and I was thinking about doing podcasts, obviously like for my like content wise. But then I was like. I wouldn't have the nerves to sit here and question people or yeah. like, I was just thinking I could not do this. How have you, how have you got the, the courage I would say, um, to do it because I would just be, no, nah. I'd be like, no, no, we'll reschedule for another day. I'll, I'll speak to you <laughs> in like two weeks time or something. But yeah, like, um, yeah, when I was going to do it today, obviously you know, the podcast and stuff, I was a bit nervous, but then after time I was like, nah, this is sweet. This is just like talking to one of the, one of my mates or something like that. So good. Well, I um, appreciate that. No, honestly, you know, it's very welcoming, very warm. Like, you know, like the way you approach, obviously, you know, the whole situation, because yeah. obviously we've never really spoke much other than on Instagram with lights, each other's posts and stuff. So right. 
obviously, especially going from never speaking to then all of a sudden having a two hour conversation and plus it being recorded, you think to yourself, well, this is a bit like nerve wracking, but then it's like, <laughs> right. you know, it's just, you know, just talk about anything, whatever flows, you know, it just goes. So I was yeah. a little nervous when, uh, so when I first started these, well, consistently a few months ago, um, the first female I had on here was in the UK. She's in the UK and I was nervous about messaging her. She was the first one I messaged about being on because I know, you know, just knowing how a lot of girls on, uh, on Instagram get, mm -hmm. you know, whatever kind of messages from guys. And, um, so I was like, man, well, fuck it. You know, all that she can say is no. Uh, and she can go to our channel and look at whatever and see, uh, see whatever it's about and that kind of thing. So I had to do a lot more explaining uh, in the beginning, but, um, but now it's, uh, I think we have enough consistent podcasts where they see, especially with a lot of girls that I've had on here where, um, you know, you know, girl air, female airsofters where they're like, Oh, okay. Oh yeah. If they can do it, I can do it kind of thing, you know? But, um, so it, I understand, you know, there's a lot of times where I get nervous too. Like when I'm getting on with somebody, I'm like, the best thing I found for me is if I stay busy before, like right before, like five minutes up until the podcast, if, uh, if I just keep doing something, whether I'm working on the house or the yard or the car, uh, or I just got home from work like today, uh, I do way better because I'm not sitting here thinking about it, you know, but on the times when I don't really have a whole lot to do and, uh, I'll come in here and it's like, 20 minutes before 30 minutes before and i'm like all right everything's ready all my shit's updated you know the software and all that shit uh camera's right the light's right let's see make sure and then uh, i come back in i'm like oh wait is it almost time i come back in and i still have like 20 minutes left i'm like okay and i start breathing and i'm like why am i getting so fucking nervous bro go do mm. something you know <laughs> god damn. i literally had that experience earlier on because i had my shower and then i was sat here and i was like it's five minutes to, I was like, what could I do for five minutes? I was like, I was sat here just thinking, what do I do? And then uh, the lads are like saying, oh, you're jumping on for a game. I was like, no, no, I've got something to do. And then I, was, I spoke to them. And then as soon as um, I seen your calls, like in a bit, boys, I'm going. And he was like, yeah, good luck. And then I just like joined the call. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was sat there for like 20 minutes. And I was thinking, oh God. And then I looked around, <laughs> did something. And then I looked back then I was like five minutes left. Like, what do I do for five minutes? But um, as soon as I heard the call, I was like, here we go. Party time, boys. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going. But, um, Good deal, man. Well, I appreciate it, bro. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure, man. Absolutely yeah, pleasure. It's been awesome, man. I uh, appreciate you being on. Appreciate your military service, uh, obviously, from one veteran to another. And uh, different sides of the world, for sure. Mm -hmm. But chewed some of the same dirt, as they say, you know, uh, in different parts. And, uh, so I appreciate you, man. I appreciate, uh, you know, the live streams you do on uh, Instagram, like you'll mm -hmm. just randomly go while you're like, while you're working stuff, you're yeah. driving. I followed you. Uh, uh, you know, I jumped on one of your live streams one time and it was like, Hey, what's going on? You know, it was nighttime over there and yeah, yeah. you're driving around. I was like, hell yeah, this is cool as shit. Yeah. I honestly, like, I don't care me to be honest with you. I'll just live stream. And then uh, I went through, a, I did a phase where, cause I was in my uh, brother-in-law, he has, like a huge house and his own like indoor swimming pool, everything. So I said to her, I said to my missus, I was just like, should we just do a live stream whilst we're just swimming about a pool? And she was like, 
go on then. <laughs> so we started live streaming, <laughs> and we had like 20 viewers just watching us swim around the pool. It was so weird, but oh, um, cool. but yeah, and I did, I did a small live stream whilst I was over in Greece. Um, but yeah, it's just. I don't know. I just do random stuff all the time, to be honest with you. But every time I check my Instagram, it's either yourself or um, like other people who are usually like regulars to liking my content. And um, the majority of the time, I look down and it's like, oh, trifecta again. Nice one, bro. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking like consistently. And then, um, yeah, it's just it's just great, man. Because um, at the end of the day, like we're all in the same community, we're all in the same boat. Right. So may as well support each other, considering we're, we're doing everything that everyone else loves. So absolutely yeah but yeah well, i appreciate um, you man what uh where can everybody find you online um so my instagram is it's blackbeard.uk um it will be changing probably in about two weeks time um and then obviously my twitch is blackbeard uk youtube is blackbeard um but you just type in blackbeard airsoft and it will come up straight away but yeah that's about it man it's been an absolute pleasure TikTok. And um, oh, TikTok yeah, is the exact same. Yeah, it's just Blackbeard okay. UK. Yeah, yeah, everything is Blackbeard UK except for my Instagram, which has got a dot in the middle. But yeah, gotcha. um, yeah, that's about it, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, oh. in about twelve months' time, we can do a uh, another another podcast. Like, oh, remember last year, yeah. right? Yeah, well, and so. I can tell you uh, my experience of being on the field. Finally, mm -hmm. I can't Very wait cool. to actually hear about that. Awesome. I look, I look forward to it. All right, brother. You have a good Thank night. Thank you very man. much. You too. Later, bro.